Hey mama. So today with the podcast episode, something happened with the audio. I think the microphone was going in and out. So it switched to the computer microphone. So you'll have to bear with me on the audio of this one, but I still wanted to bring it to you because it is still jam packed full of useful tips. So bear with me with the audio on this one and let's get into the episode. Hello, mamas. Welcome to another episode of the Wholesome Mama Show. Today on the podcast, I have a bit of a special episode. This episode goes out to my very dear friend who has just found out she is pregnant with number two. And number one is only six months old. So she's asked me to share my top tips for two under the age of two because I I was there. I our first two were 14 months apart and then we had well, two years between um, the other two. But it is a whirlwind, but it is absolutely the best. And so as a mama who has been there, I have nine tips for you today to make getting through two under two the easiest and smoothest it can be. It is wild, but it is so beautiful and I love how close friends the um, our older two are now. So let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Wholesome Mama Show. I'm Elise and I'm on a mission to help women break free of feeling stuck in survival mode and enjoy motherhood again, even through the tough seasons. When I became a new mum, I felt lost confused and didn't know my calling beyond motherhood or even if I had one. The last few years have been a journey of finding myself again, becoming well from the inside out and figuring out how to enjoy this time with my little ones. John 10.10 says that we are called to a full abundant life and I know that that includes us mothers. Join me here for conversations around living with intention, simplifying our homes, holistic health including quitting the tox, how to really walk in faith in today's world, conscious parenting and marriage, and so much more. So mama, if you've been finding life stressful and overwhelming lately, I'm here for you and I'm so glad that you are here too. Let's take a moment, grab a cup of tea or a glass of bubbles and let's get into today's episode. Okay, so as I said, I have a beautiful friend who has just found out she's pregnant with number two. She's freaking out because number one is only six months old. And I can attest to her feelings because I was there where we got, and I know that if you have been there too, you will totally resonate with this. You feel like something's up. So you just go, I'll just take a test to be safe. And then I remember being in the shower. I got in the shower And I thought, okay, I'll just check it now. And there were those two little lines. And I I think I even swore. I screamed uh, for my husband to come in. He thought I'd like fallen over and fainted or something. And I threw the test at him and whoa, okay, we're doing this. So we we really went into two under two, not knowing what we were doing. We felt like, well, our baby was still a baby. And even now our third is the age that our first was when we had our second. So, you know, it's, it's wild to look back and think 
at what we've gotten through. But the beautiful thing is we've gotten through it. So today, nine tips to make two under two the easiest it can possibly be. Well, I'm going to share what what worked for us. So the first one is to try baby wearing. Now, I found this, I didn't get um, with my first, I didn't baby wear him. I didn't really hear about it or know it was a thing until he was probably a fair bit older and then I got pregnant and I couldn't do it anyway. Um, But baby wearing, because toddlers are so busy. And if you're a mum of toddlers, you know how busy a toddler is. And then you add in a newborn to the mix and it's a whirlwind of the best kind, but it is a whirlwind of you cannot have enough hands. You're trying to be here, there and everywhere. And so baby wearing is a really great way to still feel like you are connected to your newborn because you know when you give birth to your baby. When you give birth to your baby, you you just want to cuddle them. It's just part of the bonding process. You want to smell them. They want to smell you. They want to be on you. You want to be on, you want them to be on you. And so baby wearing allows the newborn baby to still be connected to you in that way. But it also allows you to have your hands free to do all the things like getting the meals and reading the stories and doing all the things that you still need to do um, as a mum of a toddler. So baby wearing is probably the number one thing that, and this is why these points aren't in any particular order, but this one is number one because it is probably the thing that made, made the most difference for me with two under two, especially in those early days where bub just wants to be snuggled. Um, and, and your toddler is going through the transition of becoming a big brother or sister and having to figure out, oh, I'm not getting all the attention anymore. I have to share the attention. This baby is really needy. And going through that emotional transition as well. So baby wearing, absolutely amazing. Even when I had my third, we had our daughter was two and our son was almost three and a half when we had her. So it was still really busy. It still is really busy. But I pretty much wore her all the time because it was just what I needed to do to get it done and also if your newborn has wind um, or any colic reflux having them in the upright position can actually really help with that so baby wearing is a really good way to do that as well and one last benefit of baby wearing is it helps the baby your newborn to get used to kind of life on the go because life with a newborn is beautiful and life with a toddler and newborn It's beautiful, but it's busy. You can't sit and do all the things that you did with your first, with your second, usually. So baby wearing is a really good way to help get bub used to kind of being on the go a bit more, sleeping through noises, those kind of things. Baby wearing, highly, highly recommend. All right, number two is make mealtime the easiest it can be. So for me, that was, and what I recommend is meal planning and prepping. 
So do your meal plan for the week before you grocery shop. That way you know exactly what you are getting when you do the groceries. And also, you know, when you are tired and you don't know what to cook, you don't really come and bother to cook, you don't know what to make. When you then open the fridge and you have no idea what is in there, you don't even know what's in your pantry, what can I make? Now I've got to come up with some kind of concoction. That is not what we want to happen. So when we meal plan, we already know, okay, I have things for spaghetti bolognese. I have things for wraps. I have things for a stir fry. Um, you put them on put them on your meal plan uh, and then you can do the grocery shop, go and get them. And then you know, oh, I, have, I have the things to make the stir fry tonight. So I'll make the stir fry. So that is how I find meal planning really good because at four, four five o'clock when it's time to get dinner, you know, it's witching hour. If, if you've experienced that, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, where the baby's just getting a little bit fussy, wants to feed more, wants is a bit windy. And then your toddler's hungry, you're tired from the day. And so let's eliminate the overwhelming stress of dinner time. And I go through that uh, in the Free as a Mama course. Actually, pretty much most of this I go through in the Free as a Mama course of eliminating your stress time. So for me, if you've, if you've heard one of the earlier podcast episodes where I shared about meal planning, um, dinner time was a big stress factor for me. I needed to find a way to get rid of the overwhelm around dinner time and not liking cooking, not knowing what was in the fridge, not having any clue what I had, what I was getting when I was doing the grocery shop. And so doing that and then prepping as much food as you can. So when you get your fruit and veg, wash them so they're ready to go. And that can help that time of the day. Uh, two little bonus tips around meal planning, though, is to use the slow cooker. So the slow cooker is your best friend, particularly as a mum with two under two. Because you can do it in the morning when everyone's settled, everyone's happy, you feel like you've got a little bit more energy. You can then put the dinner in the slow cooker, set it so it's ready to go for five o'clock when it's dinner time. The second little bonus tip on meal planning is to do your shopping online. So this is something that we started when I was pregnant and on bed rest with my first was doing online shopping. And then like through COVID, it was just the thing to do. Uh, so you can do your online shopping. You can go to the store and they put it straight in your boot or you can get it delivered. How good is that? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know why I just dislike groceries so much, but to me, online shopping and being able to do it at nine o'clock at night when I've done my meal plan, I've got everything sorted. I have my list. I can just go online, boom, 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 do it in like 10 minutes. And then it can be delivered or I can go and collect it. So good. All right. So the next tip for two under two, or really it is just any mum with any number of kids. Once you start getting two kids, three kids, four kids, all the kids, 
is to try and get them to nap together. And I know this is so much easier said than done, um, but when you when you can get them to nap together, it is like you can use this nap time to your advantage. So you can either take a moment for yourself, you can have a shower, you can have a nap yourself, you can get some chores done. You know, nap time is really like precious. It's precious time that you can do some other stuff. And when you can't teach your Um, When you can't get them to nap at the same time, you can teach your older child to have some quiet time or some room time. So you can say, okay, it's time to go and play in your room. Or you can even have uh, like a quiet activity that they can do. Like this is your time to go and read some books, do some puzzles, do some coloring, a quiet activity. When your older child is getting to that stage of not needing a sleep or, um, you know, maybe that they are, you know, when the newborn starts to nap and they're napping three times, it's good because normally that middle nap will line up with a toddler's nap. And then when it drops to to, um, two naps, I remember feeling like all I was doing was putting kids to sleep. So when that happens, you can use either the morning or afternoon time of your newborn sleep or your baby's sleep time to then have quiet time with your toddler. But even one thing that I really liked doing was using this time for one-on-one bonding time with my son, who was the toddler at this time when we had two under two, because it's a big transition from for them to go from you know being the center of attention and to then having to share you share daddy share your attention so using that nap time to have one-on-one really intentional bonding time with them can also be something that's super helpful for them as well so I know it's just kind of you know if they nap together then that we fluke it and that's great but really using that time to your advantage and you are going to know your kids best and know you know when when they need to nap and how that's going to work for them but use that time um, for you if if they do nap together or if they don't use that time to either do quiet room time or or do some bonding time with them as well but particularly just a great tip is that when your child is you know dropping that day nap completely which is usually around three um, years old to do that quiet time and do an activity to bond with them. And it also helps to get them to learn how to do independent play and everything. So, so that is another really good tip. The next tip that I have for you is to have a side table with your feeding things ready to go. So one thing that I I set out when my daughter was born, we got a little side table that had a top and a shelf that we were able to put a little basket in down the bottom. And down the bottom, it had activities for our son. So it had some coloring, a little puzzle and a special truck that only came out when I was feeding his sister because it would usually interrupt something that I was doing with him or you know, 
if we were doing something together, like say we were doing playing blocks or something and I would say, all right, it's time to give the baby some milk. We, we need to feed her. It would then invo involve him in the process of, okay, well, you get to come and play with these special things that come out at feeding time. So he would get out his little truck that was for feeding time, his coloring and his puzzle. And he would either sit next to me or on the lounge next to me or down on the floor, wherever he wanted to. And he would do that while I fed his sister. So that is a really handy way of helping them with the transition. And this is a this is the thing a lot of the time we forget. And it honestly probably took me until his sister, until Nonny was SJ's age. So until she she was about 15, 16 months to realize, wow, he was still a baby when we, what are they, 14 months apart, when we went into this whole situation of two and two. Um, you know, he is a huge transition for him. And I don't think that I really understood it at the time, even though I, you know, had all these things in place. It wasn't until after the fact that I really could comprehend how much, how big it was for him, you know, but they're so amazing and they, you know, their relationship now is just beautiful. So on the top of that table, so that would be down the bottom, I would have little toddler activities and then up the top would be all feeding things ready to go. So I would have a, um, like a little snack. I'd have a water bottle that just lived there. Um, and then I would have things like a burp cloth, some nappies, some wipes, um, breast pads, things like that that were for feeding, anything feeding related sat there. And I was one of those people that as soon as I started feeding, I needed to drink when I was breastfeeding her. Um, yes. Anyway, so that is really handy as well. Having a side table, feeding things on top with the toddler activities down below, you can set it up the way that works for you. But again, it's just having those interruptions because who knows when the baby is going to feed It's having those interruptions more manageable and less overwhelming and stressful for you as well as your toddler. And that kind of leads me to number five. And number five is to get your older child. So get the toddler a doll. Uh, so we even did this with our son. So they can feed rock cuddle their baby too. So this helps them to feel like they're in it with you. They're doing, you know, and particularly um, my, no, my daughter did not like this. Our son liked doing it, uh, but but um, our daughter, when our youngest was born, she did not like dolls. Anyway, that's another story. But um, getting getting them a doll or a teddy or anything to help them feel like, oh, I need to take care. This is my baby. I need to take care of this baby too. That's a really good one as well. Number six is to call on your village. So we've all heard this saying, it takes a village. Um, and it's so true. It is so true that we need a village when we are doing motherhood, when we are in the midst of the, what do you call it? In the midst of motherhood. When we are in the midst of motherhood, particularly in the middle of 
these big full days like having two under two because it is big, it is full, it is a massive thing. We can't be afraid to ask for help. And we especially cannot be afraid to accept help. So when you have a friend saying, hey, can I bring you a meal? What can I do? Can I come and clean your bathroom? Can I come and do your dishes? I still remember one friend coming and doing my dishes while I just sat on the lounge. And it was like, I still remember that to this day. And it was probably one of the best things anyone did because back then we didn't have a dishwasher and the dishes was just one of those things that didn't get done. So call on your village. Please, mama, don't be afraid to ask for help. Please don't feel like you're a bad mum because you don't have it all together or like you're a burden on people because you really shouldn't need help doing the dishes. Uh, and if you don't have a village, this is the time to find one. This is the time. And I would, I would reach out to um, some women in your circles, in your local church, um, you know, that, that's really where I have found my village and it's kind of changed with each child and with each new season. But, you know, there are those friends that stick with you through thick and thin and these are the friends that you want in your village. This is your village. So don't be afraid to, to call out to them to, you know, I need help. Can someone just come and have an adult conversation with me because I just, if I have to speak in toddler voice one more time, I'm going to lose my marbles. <laughs> and particularly if you need professional help, you know, because two, two under two is, is overwhelming. Motherhood in itself is overwhelming. And if you have had a, a hard pregnancy or even a hard birth, a hard time adjusting to, um, to two under two, a hard time just adjusting to motherhood in general, don't be afraid to ask for professional help if you need it. You know, when our, um, when our daughter was born, so our second child, when she was born, that was when... Um, she was fine. I had a really hard pregnancy with her, really got a bit crazy in the end. Um, and then she got really sick when she was born. A few weeks after she was born, she got really sick, um, came home. And then about a month after she came home from the hospital, I got postnatal depression, PTSD and postnatal depression, really bad. And it was so hard, particularly as a Christian, to admit that I needed help, to go and seek professional help to go on medication to do all these things that I thought I shouldn't be doing uh, so please don't be afraid don't feel like you're a failure because you you can't do it on your own and you need help because the truth is you can't do it on our own and we do need help so so go and and seek the help 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 if you need it all right, number seven is to get out of the house. So whether it is at least playing outside in the backyard at a minimum, spending time all day, every day inside can feel really isolating and um, suffocating. 
when you're at home all the time with a toddler and a newborn. If you are keeping yourself inside because it's either too overwhelming to go out or you're just trying to get all the things done and I, I want to go out but I really need to vacuum the floors or do the dishes or do this, do that, do this. Cabin fever is a real thing. So get out, whether that is just playing outside for an hour each day, but even better, go for a walk, go to the park, go on a play date at a friend's house or meet somewhere. Um, there's like local libraries that you can go to, go to the cafe or the shops, somewhere. So, but particularly getting out in the sun is good for everyone. So it's good for your um, moods and your emotions as well as getting that vitamin D, you know, good for the immune system, all the things. But yeah, get out, getting out of the house. And that leads me on to number eight is to pack your bag well. So this will be the one time that I will happily tell you, yes, overpack. Get ready to feed on the go, change on the go. And that goes for the three of you, you, the toddler and the newborn. Feed, feed all of you on the go, change all of you on the go. Um, you know, obviously it does get to the point where you don't need to take a spare shirt in case of baby vomit. I don't know if, if everyone's babies always vomit, but I had three out of three vomiters. Anyway. Uh, so pack your bag really well. You know, if you just, oh, I'm just ducking to the shop, surely the baby won't have a blowout. That's the one time that the baby will. So, so pack your bag for getting out of the house well. All right, number nine. And this is the most important one. And that is to have grace for yourself, mentally and physically. So mentally, it is, it is a lot to go from, you know, caring, caring for yourself as you're single, then caring as a married couple, caring for you and your husband as a married couple. Then you bring a baby into that. And then all of a sudden you are caring and responsible for this little life. And then you bring another one into that. That is a lot mentally for you, let alone physically. So a lot of the time, I think I read somewhere, it is like it takes 18 months to two years for your body to uh, completely heal and go back from when you had a baby. So obviously getting pregnant before that 18 months and two years is a lot physically on your body. And then if you are like me and you go on to have more babies close together, that, you know, I have to remember and, actually go you know what body thank you so much for birthing three babies carrying and birthing three babies in three and a half years like that's no small thing that my body has done that's huge and so giving yourself grace for that physically not stressing about oh I haven't been able to get back into my genes yet you know not having that I've got to get back to my post-baby body. Giving grace for yourself for what your body has just done physically uh, and giving yourself grace mentally. So don't expect everything to be perfect all of the time or really at any point of the time. 
So one thing that I recommend, and again, this in particular, I go through in a lot of depth in the Free as a Mama course, is to pick your priority for the day and focus on that. So even now with my kids being that little bit older, I still will only have like two or three priorities for the day. So today my priority was to go to the shops and buy a jacket because I need a jacket for um, our son's football games because it's getting freezing cold here uh, and to record a podcast episode. So tick, tick, they're my two priorities for the day. But when you are in that time of newborn bubble, really one priority is enough. What is one thing that you want to do today? And yes, that is allowed to be, I just want to shower. I just want to have a hot shower or I just want to have a hot cup of tea. That you are allowed to have that as your priority. You are allowed to have that as your thing you want to do. And take breaks when you need it. You know, there's nothing wrong and we should not feel guilty about calling someone to say, hey, can you just come? The kids will be asleep between this time and this time. Can you just come and, and watch them while I have a shower? Can you just come and do this? Or say to your husband, I just, I just need you to be home for home and watch the kids between this time so I can just have a shower. And actually, I would just add that as a bonus. So let's go tip number 10 is to have open communication. And yeah, we, we're going to change this to 10 tips. This episode is now 10 tips, two under two. And tip number 10 is to have open communication and clear communication with your husband. Then this is so important. And I think where we struggled so much with my um, mental health journey of having two under two because I was trying so hard to do everything in my own strength and trying to do it all myself and I I did not tell my husband that I was struggling until it was way too late until it was like take me get me help now before something happens so I would continue even through the pregnancy, through like that, that newborn stage and postpartum stage into, you know, your baby then growing up and becoming a toddler and all the things have open communication. Tell them what you're fearful of and what you're worried about. Tell them what you are really excited about. You know, it doesn't have to be so much doom and gloom and fear and I'm scared of this and like have the conversations about what you're excited about. Like we would, we would, the one thing that we would do uh, to try and get excited over the initial shock of how close they were going to be and then get excited was that we cannot wait for the days. And these days that we're living in now is what we ex were looking expectant towards was of them becoming best friends and being so close and how and it honestly is it is so sweet their friendship is so sweet 
So I hope that this has has helped you and blessed you. And mama, if if you are if you are getting ready to be in the midst or you are in the midst of two under two, then know that it is such a beautiful time. It really is. And it is absolutely wild and it is hard. There are days where you just feel like you cry the day through because it is hard and it is. But you have been graced to get through this time. You have been called to be these kids' mama. And you know, don't don't be afraid to to call out for help. And you know, go go to God. Go to God for your for your source of life and your source of strength to get through this. So I really hope that that has helped you get ready and thrive in your two under two world of motherhood. All right. Love you, Mama. Be blessed. And I will catch you next week for another episode of The Wholesome Mama Show. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of The Wholesome Mama Show. I pray that you're blessed by this conversation. And if you did get something out of today's episode, I would love for you to take a moment, leave a review, subscribe, and even share this episode on your socials. And please don't forget to tag me at Wholesome Mama. And also, did you know that we have a community that is fully based around conversations happening in this podcast? Search on Facebook, The Wholesome Mama Community, and I will see you in there. Let's share the love and light and help more women to thrive.